Welcome to Amusement Parks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today is my main man, Nick Robes. Hello, return guest. Because he lives in Maine, everybody. Uh, <laughs> frequent flyer. Uh, our first episode was three years ago now, which is pretty crazy. Ooh, time I know. flies. And your, your show's been going for what, like four and a half or something? Yeah, something like that. January 2015. That is five. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we got to celebrate. All That's right. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, what was that? Was that the glug, 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 glug? glug? Yeah. Okay, it was just so quiet. It was like a pocket-sized bottle of champagne. Yeah, that's the only kind of champagne I drink these days is pocket champs. <laughs> Modesty pocket yeah. champs. Yeah, I just carry pocket champs around just in case you need to celebrate, you know. You, you have it on your keychain. Yeah, yeah no. keychain champs. <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, yeah, so Nick's got a, a beautiful history of doing What's With You Scooby-Doo, which is a Scooby-Doo-inspired uh, or Scooby-Doo-adjacent tangential tangential that's Uh, a good word yeah yeah i mean if you think of like a derivative being like the line tangent to the curve like the curve is like scooby-doo with the peaks and valleys yeah but it is a really entertaining show and you get some really interesting people on there we see that everyone has scooby-doo in common but then what else do we have in common or what else is entertaining to us and I don't know. So it's a cool launching point, and uh, fans of Scooby Doo will always have a few little nuggets or droplets here and there of Scooby Doo content. But it's not all Scooby Doo all the time, which would be pretty exhausting. It can be, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you also for the kind words. Uh, oh, sure. Very nice of you. Thanks for uh, being on the show again. It's always a good time. This is, and I know that people that we have in common will listen to this, and I don't care. I want them to know this is my favorite show to be on. <laughs> oh shucks, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> Because you you do bring a ton to other shows that you guest on, like Empowered, for example. I'm always like intimidated to get in those sessions because I'm like, well, Nick's gonna be there and he's gonna blow everyone out of the water. So I guess I'll be like the straight man, kind of, but I'm not great at that. So I don't know. <sighs> man. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, everybody go check out the podcast uh, Empowered on the Fancy Bad oh, Network. Yeah. Uh, but also, half of it is like keeping up with Ben half the time. <laughs> It's it's really interesting as like a you know look behind the curtain. The way that we record that is there's like six of us on a Skype call, and then we'll just kind of pair up in like twos or threes to record an episode. But everyone else is just listening live, and like you can see their faces, and it's like, oh, it's a, just a weird hybrid, interesting thing. But it's really fun to be able to swap out who's on this episode, or like, I don't know. It's it's a cool recording session, uh, but it can be kind of like daunting to be like man these two are making a really good episode right now and i know that my next one is gonna suck so hopefully they're not released back to back or something emotionally it could also be very trying to get through yeah. those recording sessions and you're recording a bunch of short podcasts yeah that's the thing most podcasts are like an hour long or whatever so you you'll eventually get five minutes of good stuff out of it um but those are like five minute podcasts so it's like man i might get 30 good seconds out of this one or something yeah, you got to fight to be heard. <laughs> uh, but that's a great show. If it, yeah, check it out if you haven't yet. And uh, also, What's With You, Scooby-Doo. And also, you know, listen to Amusement Sparks if you haven't checked it out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great podcast. I, I One of the highlights of podcastum, in my opinion. Uh, wow. I think the concept. That's it's got bizarre. one of the hallmarks of podcasts that I enjoy listening to, hmm. where when I'm listening so? to it, I can't help but start yelling. <laughs> Because I just need to be a part of the conversation. Dude, that's actually a really good point. Because I really like shows that are kind of have a creative sort of angle to them where they're like uh, coming up with something on on the fly. Mm. Uh, Just because then, yeah, it gets my imagination going or whatever. Uh, We have decided upon a strange topic for today. I mean, we're going to be designing a theme park like usual. But uh, what's our ammunition today, Nick? Uh, Originally, I... Uh, I was like, well, you know, do you have any ideas? I had a, I had a couple in the back of my head, but I wanted to see what would happen if it was given to me rather than me being like, well, this is what I've been thinking of. Uh, right. But oddly enough, one of the options that you gave me is also something I've been thinking of a lot recently. That's awesome. Which is the Fast and Furious franchise. Woo! Which I, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I was watching them for some reason. I just felt some weird connection or draw to them. I've never seen any of them in theaters. I never you know, grew up with them or anything. But just for some reason, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get this free one-week trial to stars and watch as many of these movies as I can. 
and I did, and I was like, this is really entertaining stuff. Um, and then I guess the reason why fate drew me to it was for this episode, so we could bond over something, which is uh, pretty cool. It was the fate of the furious, fast eight. <laughs> Oh, the puns, the titles are so good. Um, can you tell us your background on the series? I know you've got a little bit more of one. I definitely saw the first one in theaters. Yeah, the first one is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not saying it should have won Best Picture or anything. I just mean that going back to watch the franchise, like, it's just kind of cool to see the first in a long you know series of films where they didn't realize it was going to be a long series it's like star wars the original you know it's like whoa they kind of came out of the gate swinging and then i can see why this evolved in this huge franchise it's pretty unique for yeah, the time absolutely and you know much smarter people than me have said you know time and time again that like what if you watch you know the the latest one fast eight and you go back and you like go through the plot of that movie and then you all of a sudden realize that like Oh, you know, this used to be about a bunch of car racers who stole DVD players. <laughs> a little bit of fun stunts, but mostly just like car racing was like what they yeah. did. Like they were car racers and now everybody's doing kung fu. There's like there's <laughs> crazy stunts, like people are wiring bombs. It's like uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it has. It's a series about escalation. I would say, <laughs> pedal the metal. Yeah, when we first met Chris Ludacris in quotes Bridges, uh, he was a mechanic, and now he's like right. hacking every government in the world. It's like okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> and so I admittedly haven't seen every film. Um, I think I've seen like one, three. Uh, wait, one, two, three, and five, or something like that. Oh, I'm okay. I'm planning on seeing more of them. Yeah, but. I know you know more about how they connect together in the storyline and the overarching stuff. I definitely, I definitely have some uh, some <laughs> knowledge in the area, sure. <laughs> and so, hopefully, you'll be able to enlighten us with that, and your knowledge will be the nos to our <laughs> engine car driving thing. <laughs> I don't know the lingo, man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you'll be in the driver's seat for this one, and I'll be uh, at a computer somewhere hacking somebody or watching the surveillance footage. Great. <laughs> but um, yeah, so largely it's a series about cars doing crazy car type stuff. On the right? surface, yes. And then yeah. uh, with uh, Fast Five, uh, everything goes nuts. <laughs> right, right. And now we're at the point where there's a lot more types of vehicles, and there's been tanks and cars jumping out of airplanes and yeah. submarines breaking through the ice and it's still yeah. uh, the, the amazing thing and i was watching uh fate of the furious again uh with uh, my girlfriend the other night and the thing that we just kept saying is that like like to these people like in this universe cars like cars are weaponized like ca like cars yeah. don't have weapons they are the weapons <laughs> like people yeah. who have caught like it, it, their superpower is to get in a car it's like bullseye in daredevil right anything sure. bullseye has if he can throw it like if he can touch it he can throw it and it's a weapon if they can get into a car they are now invincible <laughs> and they might be able to harm you <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and they're masters of their techniques i mean things do go wrong sometimes but usually they are completely able to like control and do these like crazy off the wall stunts oh yeah um which is a very obvious connection to a theme park right i i think well i mean obviously there's gonna be multiple stunt shows <laughs> <laughs> right there's i mean it's all stunts all the time for the most part there is some kind of you know role-playing type stuff we could put into it or like a storyline about uh a lot of it is kind of vendettas and like getting revenge and teaming up with former enemies and those are like yes. the common tropes of the series <laughs> well you're gonna be friends with everyone at some point i guess the, the thing that the thing that they've done really well is take it so like uh something like a sharknado is like purposefully <laughs> a bad movie right like they're right, taking yeah. the tropes of bad movies and they're making that to be entertaining right and the Fast and Furious franchise, like, after, you know, uh, Fast and Furious, uh, Fast and Furious 4, uh, to a certain extent is doing that. They're playing off of those tropes, but they've actually legitimate. They're, they're really putting more into it. They're not stopping at 
this idea of like, oh, we took the trope of a bad movie and we're just doing that. They, they then add to it. I need to watch more of the series because what I've seen has been really entertaining and uh, sort of like a time capsule because these movies are not brand new. Although they, it's kind of weird because the franchise is still going. You expect to like look back at the first one and it'll feel just as current as the most recent one, but nope <laughs> the, no it feels like 18 years uh, 19 years ago <laughs> right right it feels accurate like a generation ago which is super weird but yeah, yeah the cars look pretty dated all the like fashion is dated the fr- the i don't know words people use are pretty out of date it's great it's fun to go back to and watch yeah vin diesel just mumble acting uh, you, you know, uh, if you have any beer that you want, as long as <laughs> what? Can you speak up? Like I just see the Mike dude having to be as close as possible to him. <laughs> like the amount of times they had to cut out the boom mic in the right. shot because they're just like, I just can't hear him. I just can't. That's hear hilarious. Him. Well, he's he's so cool. He doesn't have to put effort into it. You know. Yeah, you know, if you mess with my family, it's like it's going to be a problem for everybody. <laughs> Wow, that's a great voice. I like that. <laughs> my life be like. Theme park wise, you could definitely like just theme a classic theme park to where all the rides are car based. Yeah, but why is that That's fun? That's no fun. Uh, yeah, no. we want to do next-gen, cutting-edge, crazy type of thing. So the big thing of the whole franchise, if you if you kind of take it in as a whole, is always this idea of morality. Like, who's good and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? And it's never who you think. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a good point. Right, like, yeah. the first one is all about, like, Paul Walker's a cop and Vin Diesel's a car thief. Well, he's not a car thief. He's a DVD thief, DVD player thief who <laughs> races cars. Um, right. And the idea is like, oh, maybe Vin Diesel's actually the good guy. What? <laughs> You know, uh, and like as you go later on and the universe becomes more complex, now all of a sudden you have like these international terrorists and it's like uh, 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 The Rock is the police officer and he's going after, you know, Vin Diesel, but Vin Diesel is actually going after the warlord in Rio or whatever. So this idea of being able to like choose sides and like make your own choices about morality, like whether you want to be the cops or whether you want to be the thieves or whether you want to work for the agency, which comes in later in the franchise. Don't worry about (laughs) it. It's Kurt Russell. It's great. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, he seems really great. I've seen some like clips of his, uh, character Mr. Nobody and, uh, I love that guy it's a character uh, named Mr. Nobody <laughs> wait really I didn't know that was his name yeah yeah Mr. Nobody That's and then uh, in Fast name. 8 he has a helper called Little Nobody oh my god it's great well that's great these movies are awesome so, so much of this reminds me of like little kids in like a third grade classroom where they just dumped out all the cars and they're like oh yeah well i'm a cop and you're a robber yeah well this guy like i don't know just making more and more complex nuances to that you know cops and robbers trope of like oh yeah i'm an undercover police guy and like so much double crossing and so many big reveals happening it's such a fun like playful action-packed experience it's a really unique uh i don't know way that they set that up to from each movie to the next, you never know what's going to be happening, although you know all the players involved. It's kind of a cool thing, it, cool evolution. Yeah, it plays. It, it almost plays into, like, a childlike sense of imagination and play. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it is fun. That's what these movies are. They're fun. Right, and they don't, they're not trying to be realistic, and they're not necessarily, I mean, I guess sometimes, trying to get into some philosophical complexities, but a lot of times it's good guys, bad guys. If you can just... Suspend disbelief. Like, imagine that this is how this universe works. Yeah. And and now what? You know, what's what's next? Because so many of the stunts are just completely, like, unbelievable and, like, crazy. And they do have the benefit of usually it's something you've never thought about before. Like, there are some pretty innovative things. Like, the vault scene, I think, is one of the most, like, fascinating things ever. Where they're just whipping and, it around and hitting cars. Like, it's, right. a, like, like it's some kind they of... Pull, bizarre they pull weapon. a vault out of the bottom of a bank and then they're they have two cars pulling it or i think at one point there's more than two cars through the crowded streets of rio 
Oh yeah, and it's like it's like Jackie Chan when he picks up some weird new toy, mm-hmm. you know, to like beat people up with. Where it's like they're just swinging around this huge vault that like weighs you know thousands of pounds, and it's like I'm pretty sure that's not plausible. Like I kind of want to watch the MythBusters episode on this, but. <laughs> I'm just going to go along with the ride for now <laughs> while yeah. I'm watching it for the first time. What I always say is uh, uh, Fast and the Furious is just everybody smiling at each other constantly because everybody's <laughs> like, Paul Walker is always just like, hey, can you believe this? And like Vin Diesel's just like, you thought you got me. Like, and then, <laughs> and then like something blows up and Ludacris is like, yeah. <laughs> right. Just a ton of high fives. Right? Everybody's high fiving constantly. <laughs> it's great. Well, and it's also cool because uh, they use the the vehicles as like weapons or as they're multi tools, really. Yeah. Because like there's the scene, um, there's a part where a tank is flipping over and someone was standing on the tank, so they go get launched off, and then someone else just crashes their car into like. Vin Diesel crashes his car, and, and then... he's standing on the car. So then he launches in the air as well, so he can catch her out of midair, and, and then land, land yeah. into a windshield. A car, <laughs> once again, is like a landing pad, like a soft landing pad for Vin yeah. Diesel. And if you ever need to get airborne, like 20 feet in the air, just stand on the hood of your car and crash it into like a median type thing, like one of those concrete hubbas. Yeah, it'll drive itself long enough. Don't no worry. No problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, if you can dream it, you can do it in the Fast and the Furious yeah, universe. absolutely. It's uh, great. It's all like a weird fever dream of like a mechanic somewhere in like East yeah. LA, which which is really interesting because like these are things that you know a kid's imagination might do, but then they actually try to execute the stunt with their Hot Wheels cars. It's not going to work like that. But maybe in a video game kind of atmosphere or some kind of you know digital system, you could have it so that you know if you're coming at this. Like, I don't know, basically giving you a, a set of these kind of superpowers that you can use. You know, if you get out of your car and stand on the hood and crash into anything, you just go flying in the air. Mm. Like, there there has to be, a, I don't know, some way of empowering park guests to be able to recreate some of that chaotic, creative, <laughs> superpower car stuff. Oh, almost like a, uh, like a like test track in uh, Epcot. Um, yeah. How you design the car and then you race it and... Right. In theory, you're in your car racing against the other people who've made their car. But uh, if you could like design stunts, right? It's almost yeah, like uh, being like I don't know, roller coaster tycoon. Ooh, there you go. Kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. But that kind of thing where it's like, here's your tools. Mm. Where are you gonna go do these fun things? It, it seems weird as like a theme park, maybe. But I also think it could be really cool if we just designed the park around that kind of concept of giving people the power to live through these like car action fantasy well, the car experiences. action fantasy thing and then you have mm-hmm. like this uh this world like the weird world of like uh they're always globe trotting to these exotic locales mm-hmm. where there's always like a car race happening underneath a bridge with like scantily clad women dancing to dubstep like <laughs> or like <laughs> just world another day. like world music it's just like yeah everybody's cool here <laughs> Uh, no matter where they go, they always have like set like seven of the cars that they need that are like also reflecting people's personalities. Like they're the Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm wearing a Power Ranger shirt right now, Ew. by the way. But um, no, I, I think that you don't have like taking out all of the unfun parts of car ownership. Like you don't have to worry about like insurance. You don't have to worry about refueling. No, you don't it's have to getting about... damaged before you ever need more gas. You're crashing the thing. <laughs> Yeah, but just making it more of a playground version of how cars work than something, you know, real or authentic where, yeah, just the whole world is, everyone's ready to give you a high five. Yeah. Just go do something cool there. Yeah. So similar, so uh, speaking of Epcot, I feel like what what this park is, (laughs) in a weird way, is also like, it's like an Epcot's world showcase where there's a bunch of different places like exotic locales you can go to or like a disney sea for example uh you're going to like you know uh rio or cuba or russia or wherever and you know each of the each of those places has like you know a different ride and like or like a little mission or something or totally missions that's a good word Uh yeah (laughs) these guys don't go on rides they go on missions yeah ride or die (laughs) <laughs> I love that. And that's really cool. And then also the uh, 
you can have vehicles transporting people from one place to another. Like the scene of riding in an airplane in your car and then parachuting (laughs) out. out. They really did that, by the way. They really did that. Really? Yep. They pushed cars out of a plane with parachutes on them and dudes with GoPros parachuted around the cars. That's insane. (laughs) What? And then the really the part that's really crazy to me is then when they get close like to the ground, they just push a button and it like cuts ties with the parachute, so they just land on the ground. Like, on the road? Like they were on able the road. to yeah, steer ready to the parachute? Right. There's no it's rudder, crazy. there's no anything. They're just like, hey, we made it. <laughs> yeah, just they land and take off. Um and they're already in motion and everything, but like that could definitely be a ride of some sort. Sorry, a mission. Mission. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that could be your your transportation to get to, I don't know, if you want like this to be a roller coaster kind of thing. Um, I'm, I like the idea of subverting expectations. So usually you think if there's going to be a big drop on this roller coaster, we have to start with the slow tick, 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 tick thing going up. Mm-hmm. But what if we just have them parachute in and then they land on what they think is the ground, but it's actually this raised up area where the, as soon as the vehicle, the ride starts, it's like a huge downhill thing because they're already at the top of the roller coaster, basically, yeah. when they get on it. Um, it's basically yeah. like a Fast and Furious movie. It's like, we're not going to start you off easy. We're just going to be like, boom, baby. <laughs> right. You're starting in the middle of this. <laughs> right. Some in media res kind of, we're already in a cool action thing before we even know who any of the characters are. like there's uh some rides that you could do some screen kind of stuff although i don't i'm not the biggest fan of that by me either but that's the easiest way to do it i think sure and it's done well on occasion i mean you know that uh that uh flight of passage in pandora that disney made is ridiculous i haven't been on that one that's all it's really cool it's it's a screen but i mean you i defy anybody to go on it and then come out and be like i mean it was pretty lame like like even the people who don't like it are like you know what i was pretty sick but that was awesome (laughs) wow okay cool well that sounds like it could be a good touchstone inspiration point uh i will insist that one thing that needs to happen is the hobbs and shaw stunt show yeah so this is a movie i really want to see uh, but i haven't yet crazy can you please enlighten us? It is a uh, it's a spinoff where the characters Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw, played by uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and uh, uh, Jason Statham, respectively, uh, spin off uh, to do the exact same thing, just with slightly less cars. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems more on foot, more of a pedestrian adventure, right? Yeah, they do some running. Uh, at one point, they go to <laughs> Samoa. Uh, <laughs> Where, That's nice. where Samoan warriors face off against uh, lightly cybernetic terrorists. <laughs> wow, okay. <It laughs> I didn't see that in the trailer. No guns. It is crazy. <laughs> wow. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Okay, cool. So what stunts do you need to bring into our theme park from that picture? So there's a couple things that go into it. One, uh, because I, my beloved Waterworld stunt show, this is my favorite stunt show of all time. Like, Miami Vice was a different generation. People claim that as their stunt show. But the Universal Waterworld attraction stunt show at Universal yeah, Studios. better than the movie. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's better plotted. It's better written. Some would say it's better acted. <laughs> There's that element of like the over uh, the overdub like and the person miming. There's right. a huge part of Hobbs and Shaw that is them just you know like oh that that shit's too tight, it's cutting off circulation to your brain, you know that kind of stuff. It seems like a buddy cop film. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like there's just a lot of them like on either side of the stage like beating people up and like throw doing the classic uh, uh, patented. Fast and Furious move is where you lift somebody up sideways and then bash them into something, preferably other people. <laughs> Can do some wire work. I don't know how you work that logistically, but yeah, you do yeah. that somehow. 
We'll put our best guys on it. But they're also <laughs> doing that while, like, be, you know, uh, trading zingers. That's fantastic. And with the overdub thing, the actors can just focus on the stunt. They don't have to also, like, try to be, you know, talking at the same time. That Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you can also get uh, The Rock and Jason Statham to do the overdubs then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. And you could do some cool, like, real car stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like the stunt... I think it's in the first or second one where they they ramp the car off and land on a yacht. Like oh, it yeah. doesn't land very smoothly, but like that was a cool. That was like one of the first. You know, I don't know if jumping the shark is the right term, but first times when the the franchise was like, oh, so this is what we're doing now. Okay, <laughs> I'm starting to get this. <laughs> <laughs> They're like yes, anding it from movie to movie. Like, okay, all right, I see you. We're gonna raise the stakes a little bit more and yeah. get a little crazier with it. Fast Seven when they jump the car in between the buildings in Abu Dhabi, like on the like 140th <laughs> floor, and you're just like, what? <laughs> and then Vin does that Vin move in the last. In the third building, where he just jumps out of the car and is fine, <laughs> as the car yeah, no keeps problem. going. There's a lot of uh, momentum, and <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of physics involved in these pictures. Um, <laughs> I also really love the scene where there's the train. Uh, they're stealing cars off of a train. Oh yeah, Fast Five. Fast Five, mm-hmm. of, of course. But uh, they eventually... and they have that like ramped thing next to yes. it. <laughs> right, there's a ramp for for like well, I guess to get the cars onto the ground. Yeah comfortably uh, but then when they finally are like getting ready to escape and they ramp off into like nothing like they didn't i don't know if they didn't plan that far ahead or if they meant to just drive off the cliff into the water but i don't know that's a really fun moment and they're both totally right. fine it's but like i love the camera work on that like they have a camera like on the vehicle and it's just free falling and so the guys are like oh crap and they're like standing up and like <laughs> jumping off the car <laughs> to land in the water next to it but like that would be a cool stunt show thing like let's ramp a car off something and have people jump off of it in midair and then everyone lands in the water so it's okay just don't get smashed by the car or else you're probably going to die similar to the water world stunt show when the plane explodes out the back and then lands in the water so like the plane is right. separate from the whole set like they just launch a plane into the set <laughs> right that's a real great. practical effect great yeah you could do i mean yeah we can do this we can just launch cars yeah that's true a car compared to a plane like that's small potatoes yeah come on and the the practical effects are such a fun thing to do like i think that's why stunt shows are still so cool Mm -hmm. because you can do amazing things with a screen but it's not going to be as convincing to certain audience members as like an actual stunt show even if it's not as extreme it's still pretty cool there's also an element of it that because it's because you're watching fight choreography from like a like large enough distance <laughs> like it's theater like you're watching yeah. fight choreography and like there's overdubbing at, to which they have to like not even theater act like they're not playing to the back of the room they're playing to like the back of a stadium so like right. there's something so broad about it <laughs> that you have to bob your head every time you you would open your mouth yeah or, yeah, <laughs> yeah or like you can't say somebody's over there you have to go he's over there like you have to point <laughs> like more aggressively than anybody has you have to point with your whole body <laughs> right to be like i'm the one who's talking <laughs> I think that is like, yeah, it's great. And that's the reason why they, they don't put the stage right up underneath the actors because that would be really awkward. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a, broad yeah. and it, it like similar to this franchise, it's just fun. Like you watch a stunt show and you're right. like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's that's really cool. That's a good point. And it might be fun to have, uh, this is just a concept that just came to me. So if you don't like it, we can definitely fine tune it. But it'd be interesting <laughs> if there's like a track around the theme park um, that's kind of enclosed, like no one can get in the way of it. But it's a an area where they have stunt actors on real vehicles actually doing some like cool stunts, even if it's just jumping between vehicles or whatever. It's like an enclosed space where they can perform these interesting stunts. So like there and, are uh, just stunts happening, just happening in the background. Dude, I so, love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, so then if you're in line waiting for a ride or something, you can look over and be like, "Holy! Did you see that tank just flip over?" <laughs> There's all of a sudden a dude like Wah! jumping into another car. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, in an area, like maybe an elevated highway where you can see it, but you can't get up there or something like that, where, where people will be able to see a live stunt from a little bit far away. Yeah. So you can't see the wires or whatever. You can't tell that that's not a real back half of a 
semi truck. Well, I mean that's that's the series, and just because uh, we don't have the the privilege of being the cameraman in this theme park, uh, it's kind of fun to just have that stuff in the background. Like there were people in Rio who saw all of a sudden two cars pulling a bank vault and were like, <laughs> "What? What? No kidding!" <laughs> Someone's just on their on their lunch break or whatever. And they're like, did you, yeah. did you hear that crazy grinding sound going down the next street? Over? They didn't have the privilege of, like, like seeing the whole plan build up and then they, like, attach to the – like, we've seen everything yeah. lead up to this. We're like, right. wow, they're pulling that. Somebody actually – like, if, if this universe <laughs> existed, somebody was walking their dog and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, so so it'd be really fun. Like we don't get the movies don't get the privilege of doing that, where it's just this crazy elaborate stunt just happens in the background, mm-hmm. where you're on that train and then you're looking out the window and people are just stealing cars off the back of it and ramping off into the ocean or whatever. It's I don't know. It's really it, it's it can be a comical thing when something really impressive is just happening far off in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's uh, an interesting. Thing to that yeah there, there's a venn diagram that i don't quite understand of comedy movies by and large also have like cool stunts or like violence yeah. or things like that like it's almost like these elements that like comedy is you know the m&m coating to the the, the chocolate <laughs> that is you know like comedy helps us like like eat this thing better like we're like great you know it's the gel caps around the acetaminophen you know wow good description and a good uh callback to our johnson and johnson <laughs> theme park. Uh, yeah that was a good one um no you're right and, and these movies do have a, a little uh coating of comedy as well like yeah, I don't know. It's not like people are totally immune to how amazing these stunts are. Like people will comment on them, and people are usually excited and high fiving, like we said. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's room for a lot of celebration of random crazy stunts happening. Absolutely. Switch it, switch it up, like. I think that there are definitely some escape rooms. Yeah. I think at least a couple. Cause I, I think that that would be like fun. Like, uh, uh, especially in the later movies, once the agency comes involved and, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, there is definitely a big bad that, um, I don't know if it's projected to leak into the normal fast and furious movies, but it kind of seems like it is. Uh, and that is more of this like weird espionage world that they've kind of been hinting at for the past few movies. Right, right. Because it has moved towards like a spy genre kind of thing in the last, what, four yeah. or five movies. So yeah, that's that also is a really cool, um, another layer of, you know, we've got cops, we've got robbers, we've got like the government agency, and there's also like this whole spy thing, and double agents have always been kind of a part of it, and undercover cops, and like you don't know who anyone truly is, so that's mm-hmm. kind of a fun thing. If if um, you know you're dealt a card or you get to choose who your character is, and there's like who's here's who you present as, and then here's who you secretly are, <laughs> so people can always reveal like I'm actually with the CIA or whatever. Uh, well, and that idea of like uh, getting to choose, you know, which is <laughs> right. kind of the idea behind these movies, which is weird to think that there's like any kind of thematic stuff other than this rocks <laughs> yeah what's the what's the moral of the the overall franchise the idea that the, that you do choose like you know i mean in a weird way <laughs> vin diesel constantly being like all there is is family yeah like you do kind of choose like who you will be and who you're surrounding yourself with and what decisions you make so whether you're going to you know uh, uh, be a cop and you know try and take down every bad guy or whether you're going to be a rogue and skirt the law to take down you know the actual evils That's that awesome. you see and be a Robin Hood you know like uh, uh, you know the fact that like if we created those little moments in the park where you got to choose that like you know even if it's in the escape room or like a ride uh, I know that uh, the new Rise of the Resistance in uh, uh, Disney 
there aren't you, you don't have a choice how things come out but there are multiple endings to the ride depending on you know because right. they have to have multiple tracks so that they can get that many people through but like if you could have your choices affect those slightly that's really cool and you can kind of have some character develop mo- development moments depending on who you're associating with or whatever yeah i mean you know the escape room is like to steal you know you're trying to steal like the the uh, uh, formula for a new type of engine fuel <laughs> that will get us to that's Mars. a good one yeah right. uh we have a macguffin and you know at the end you can decide whether to give the macguffin to you know x or y and whether you do that or not dictates the outcome of the you know escape room slash ride yeah i really like that that's a cool one and that's a simplified way of doing it where it doesn't have to be super nuanced and we don't have to have a professional person like keeping track of everyone's storyline because it's just kind of about playing really fun but it's fun but yeah it's it's fun it's just which which slot are you putting the card into at the end of the attraction yeah that determines your story for yourself and you know maybe it does give you access to a different area depending on which one you choose um but yeah no that's that sounds really fun letting people build their own story within this crazy over-the-top action-packed world with all these moving parts and different organizations so to speak uh so in that so the escape room you steal the thing you depending on who you give it to you are either you can choose either to go to a boat or a helicopter mm-hmm. <laughs> and the boat gets you on a boat chase through you're in venice by the way i don't know if i mentioned oh, that oh, obviously uh, yeah. so you're going through these under <laughs> under venice tunnels right Ooh, in this yeah. boat which is like a track it's just going really fast but mm-hmm. then it launches you out at the end into, like, a pool. So you're like, <laughs> and then that's the end of the ride. They take you off the boat. But then wow. the helicopter, uh, it'll that'll be a screen ride. That's a little bit easier. Uh, sure. But it'll, you know, it'll, like, you'll be running from <laughs> motorcycles <laughs> jumping out. Trying to you. jump up and get you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like a cat, like cats going after a bird or something. Yeah. They're just launching way off the ground. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the helicopter lands and you, you're, you're fine. <laughs> well, and the, the, uh, there isn't also another kind of fun thing we can do in the chase sequences. is almost like in The Rise of Skywalker, those sort of bikes that can launch the stormtroopers. Oh, we can yeah. have a thing like that because every vehicle that's chasing you just also has a guy standing on the trunk ready to get launched. And they're like they're like gripping onto the thing and you have to like push a button or something to like shoo them off. This also does help to solve a problem that we come across in this show a lot of um, where shooting is okay but punching is not okay. Right. Because we can simulate the violence through a, a gun or, you know, we can use this safety harness of being inside a vehicle as a way of getting people to not punch each other but still have some cool action that they can impact and have have happen yeah so you're not kicking people's hands as they're hanging onto the helicopter but you know you can shake the helicopter or whatever where you can shoot them i guess but keeping it all vehicle focused and keeping all arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times can uh keep things safe and make the action a little bit more i feel a little bit more close i think i don't know if i talked about this on this or another podcast but when i was a kid i was like obsessed with guns but i was i was also obsessed with not hurting people So, like, I would always draw gun designs in, like, my, you know, sketchbooks and stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. but I would always make sure to uh, label them as tranquilizer dart guns. I love that. I I can relate to that. seven-year-old just, like, drawing these ornate, like, crazy-looking guns, but being like, they just put people to sleep. Yeah, no, of course. I I can totally relate to that. That makes a lot of of sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, uh cool so there's uh, so there's yeah all these various uh parts of the world these exotic locales you're mm-hmm. going to um uh uh we should probably talk about product placement because product placement is a huge <laughs> part of these movies corona yes. uh constantly mm-hmm. uh, and i also think that that's where we'll get a large part of our funding is you know, Corona and Coca Cola. <laughs> Corona, yeah, sure. That's awesome. Coca Cola and, and uh, uh, vehicle uh, cars. sponsorships. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Ferrari. I always thought it was thought it was weird that cars, the cars in this movie series, are kind of fine with their vehicles getting totally destroyed. Because I always thought that was like the 
in like Gran Turismo, I always assumed that's why the cars didn't take any damage back on like the PS1 days. I'm like, I bet it's because they're actually officially licensed cars. You know, they they're like, you can use our car, but don't like show it being you know mortal. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, I it's it's I the thing that is more interesting to me is that there's different types of cars. So like there is you know uh, a Dodge defeating you know a bentley yeah. like you know the fact that like bentley's like oh so like why did dodge beat me you know right and a lot of the a lot of the i don't know kind of drama of the show is the bad guy has a more expensive car than me oh no <laughs> like there's always the kind of underdog story of i just have this little dinky car at least in you know tokyo drift and i think the first movie is largely about getting a better car like that's kind of the plot line of if this was a video game, you have to, you know, go out and hustle and complete these missions to earn enough money to fix your car up. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a a good trope that would work, I think, in the theme park if we want to have like an introductory area where people are, I don't know, when they first get to the park and they're kind of figuring out their character or whatever. It's like you have to raise enough money to fix your vehicle that you broke on the first ride you took, or I don't know. Yeah. We come up with some kind of method like that to give a a more linear like structure. To how the park and the adventure unfolds. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah, yeah, all the different cars are kind of cool too. That's always a fun part of it is seeing w- which cars they kind of choose and the different flavors and personalities, like you said, that they kind of represent. Um, and then letting people kind of customize that. Even like the uh, the thing at Epcot where you get to kind of design your vehicle. Test That's track, something we can yeah. totally do here. Test track, yeah. Yeah, yeah you totally be able to. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it could be... There are given scenarios, and you have to design a car to go through that scenario, and then you get to see how it does, you know? Once again, uh, uh, like a screen ride, you know, you then get into the car, and, like, you know, it always has the same cockpit, whatever. But, like, you know, then you have to go through this thing, and, like, you know, depending on how you designed your car, I mean, there can be, like, you know, markers of being, like, oh, this might be too heavy, you know, or whatever. But, like, you could, in theory, fail and, like, get blown up. I like that, having some consequences. And I also like the idea of having some input on how are we going to pull off this heist. You know, we have to steal the fuel out of this, you know, big tanker truck. Oh, yeah. How are we going to do that? It's like, okay, well, we can, maybe you have, like, a budget, and so you have to, like, kind of, build your own plan like how many helicopters are we gonna get how many vehicles can we get or whatever come up with a plan you got that readout screen in the queue and Ludacris shows up and he's like yes hey we gotta get we gotta get through to this you know and then tyrese is like because your mom ignore him <laughs> and you know 100 percent of the time and then high-fiving afterwards. yeah and then high-fiving after they yeah. do something cool yeah that's the uh the build-up and release of the tension is all about yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> But Ludacris gives you, like, you know, we're, we're going to have to get through, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to need your – we need your help to design a car. And then you get to, like, choose the part. It's pretty cool. I want a grappling hook on it. <laughs> you could also have, like, an ongoing narrative kind of thing where you're constantly, like, upgrading your vehicles. And this gets more into, like, a video game or mobile game kind of territory. But, you know, if you start out with low budget so you can only buy, like, you know – uh, just stock cars and then over mm. time you can upgrade them and add more features and add armor all the kind of crazy stuff that you see later on in the series um, you can add to your own fleets like you know if, if we want to have it where you're kind of joining one of these uh, well I don't know the, the series is so much about switching between different uh, groups that you're working for uh, mm-hmm. that maybe it wouldn't make sense to always be like contributing towards one team and saying like, okay, I'm helping to build the agency's fleet of, of vehicles that they have available or like, yeah, contributing but you always contribute to yourself. Yes. Like I feel like being good. able to buy stuff, like, yeah. you know, you, you somehow like keep track of some kind of currency that you're earning mm-hmm. by going through these things. And then that can like influence what you can, yeah. you know, upgrade your car with or whatever. I like that. And then, you know, then the more currency you have, you get, invited to more elite kinds of races and stuff because yeah there is this kind of in in the universe you know there's like an upper class who likes to do all these crazy races and who can afford the crazy cars so they only want to race each other tokyo drifters exactly you got to be a certain Mm -hmm. economic level to be able to compete with those guys so uh that can be kind of a, a way of gatekeeping or keeping people you know 
lines from being too long, especially in the more interactive things. You know, maybe you have to spend a lot of this currency to go on these unique experiences where you have to have an actor there one-on-one. It's like, well, yeah, that's going to cost us a lot of money, so we don't want a ton of people doing it all the time. So we can charge them a lot of the, like, in-park currency fast bucks or whatever. (laughs) Fast bucks! (laughs) Yes! Uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. And then uh, that can get you to, uh, like, uh, under the bridge uh, race, Mm -hmm. or that can get you to, like, you know, the Abu Dhabi Tower Party where they're, like, uh, you know... Or it can get you. Uh, well, uh, I there for some odd reason I have this thing where I want to. So in Fast Eight, there's this thing called the Toy Shop, where the agency, because the most di- the most discernible weapon in this world is cars. Of course, the agency just has a garage full of cars, and like that's the it's like hidden behind a fish shop. But I feel like. <laughs> Like, if you can get into there and just, like, walk around and see all the cool cars. But then there are definitely, like, uh, Knott's Berry Farm-style improv actors, <laughs> like, also messing with you in that, you that know, That sounds great, yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. And we could just record a lot of, you know, pre-recorded audio that's, like, kind of cued at certain points for people to make fun of you if you don't do well or uh, give you an audio high-five, like, over the walkie-talkie or whatever if you Hell succeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a good way of doing it is the walkie-talkie where it's like, obviously I can't see this person. It's not, you know, Skype or something. It's it's just over a walkie-talkie, so I don't get to feel the high-five, but I can kind of hear the high-five. Yeah! <laughs> or we just have, you know, park employees. Like, most of our park employees are just kind of high-five guys at the end of each attraction. <laughs> yeah! Oh, high-five girls. Oh, yeah, of course. No, that's, the, I meant, people of any gender uh, could be a yeah. high-fiver. Letty uh giselle right we've got some yeah uh, uh ramsey there's a broad spectrum of people who could a broads <laughs> broads <laughs> there you go the high five broads uh yeah um also each of the like in the exotic locales like any of the restaurants that we have so like the italy the venice one it's just straight up olive garden <laughs> like we get an olive garden sponsorship <laughs> That's amazing. The most authentic Italian cuisine. <laughs> this is what they really eat in Italy. I love that. That's great. Uh, like, like on the border or Del Taco or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you know. Uh, Panda Express in Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I don't know the, the Tokyo Drift uh, portion. Like if you visit Japan, I don't know if that street race culture still looks like it did in the movie. Like that movie... Seems like such a time capsule. Did it ever look like that? <laughs> Probably not very authentic <laughs> recreation, but like you never see ground effects anymore. And there was a point in life where I actually saw those once in a while. Like the mm. lights, you know, the neons on the bottom of people's cars and stuff, um, oh, yeah. which is all over that movie. You don't see that anymore. So I don't know if we want to keep it authentic to the, the movies or authentic to modern day street <laughs> racing culture. Um I feel like matter, there's I some. Guess. I feel like there's something so fantastic about these that you definitely can have like the undercarriage lighting oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't even know what street racing looks like. Period. I'm not a member of the culture, but uh, I think yeah. it's an entertaining thing. Like the video games are always fun and racing for pink slips out in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> I mean, Greece. You know, it's a... yes, part of the culture. That's like the the prequel, basically. <laughs> Couple songs. <laughs> How has John Travolta not made it into a Fast and Furious movie yet? He's got to be coming, right? That's a great point. Yeah, he should. He's Vin Diesel's dad or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow, I, I miss you, son. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I love Vin Diesel. What a great guy. He's he's a uh, he's a treasure. I will tell you, uh, Fast Eight. He actually like does some acting, in it. like. <laughs> There are there are moments in it when I was like, whoa, wow, cool. Like, I'm not saying it's Oscar worthy, right. but I'm saying like more than like you know when family is all that matters <laughs> to you. Like I was like showing like a little bit of range here. Good for you. You know, like uh, big actors and directors always get the like they have, they're on the cycle of one for them, one for me kind of thing about making <laughs> movies. You can tell the a lot of these are his uh, one for them <laughs> pictures. <laughs> But he's making them now. That's the thing. Like, right. Vin Diesel is making these movies. That's awesome. And, yeah, there's, like, a a, a um, spinoff 
web series that he's in, which is kind of crazy. Like usually those are, they hire impersonators to be on the web series, but he, yeah. it's Vin Diesel. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I need to be involved. This is my baby. <laughs> Ride or die, right? This is my family. <laughs> I love the adrenaline-fueled action of this theme park and the cops and robbers playing around with double agents and secret, you know, uh, characteristics. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that seems like it's really glaringly missing for you as a as a fan of the, the franchise? We have the Hobbs and Shaw stunt show. Mm-hmm. We have, like, you know, a couple of escape rooms, maybe one in Mexico, one in Italy. Uh... uh we have the product placement. We just have <laughs> random stunts happening, which I love. <laughs> uh, I don't I, like. I can see in my head just walking around this place and like you know just seeing all this crazy stuff. Right. It would be a bizarre theme park for sure. <laughs> yeah, a couple of these. You know, I mean, I think I think that it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to just have like at least one or two legit roller coasters. Oh yeah. You know? Definitely. I mean, you it totally fits in and like it's like that is the spirit. Like we're just having fun here. Mm-hmm. Like look how many corkscrews this thing can do. <laughs> right, just having like a thrill area that is represented in universe as a theme park that yeah. these guys go to on their you know when they're not filming the movie. Uh, right? Yeah, in their off season, they go to the theme park together and get some uh, snow cones. They say that this is. They say they say that most people uh, get near passing out. I'd like to see you try, <laughs> and then you get into the thing. <laughs> the G forces are too intense for most people. Yeah, maybe most. You know, <laughs> like it writes itself. Uh, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, really, to come up with a storyline of this, you could just have, like, a dice with each character's face on it, and you roll them and just, like, lay them out, and you're like, okay, here's all the good guys, here's the bad guys, it's like, what action figures are we going to play with in this story, and this guy's going to be a good guy this time, and they'll be a bad guy this time, and you can just infinitely randomize it, and it still kind of makes sense and plays within the universe, and, okay, that guy's in a tank, this guy's in a helicopter, that guy's got the motorcycle, perfect, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> The idea that this can just be fun with, like, you know, some, like, innovation or, you know, moments for you to express yourself thrown in. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this doesn't have to be similar to the movies. You know, there are are these moves that hint at the the universe being three-dimensional, but it doesn't have to get – it doesn't have to give you more than that. Like – you are allowed to have pizza once in a while. <laughs> like, you know, you don't need, you know, it to be, uh, uh, you don't need to have spinach on it. Like, just have pepperoni pizza. Like, you can do that this Saturday night. It's fine. Right? You know? Like, come to this theme park. That's great. Like, and have a good time. Yeah. I love that. That's that's a really good point. And it's something that we can all use in 2020. Am I right, people? <laughs> <laughs> It's what the world needs now is a uh, Fast and the Furious theme park. It's love, sweet love. <laughs> Amen. Um, also, we might be able to uh, salvage a part that we designed in our first theme park together, the Scooby-Doo's Mystery Town. We had a vehicle-based exploration system where it was like a, a highway going around. I think it was an island, but basically a highway system where you're not actually choosing, you're not directly driving but you kind of get to choose which exit you're going to take, and then each exit had yeah. a different experience. We could There's use sort a similar of a tram that took you to the different parts of the park. Yeah, but right? it was framed as if yeah. this is your mystery machine, this is your vehicle that you're yeah. in with your party. We could do a similar thing for uh, the non-stunt transportation areas of from getting one mm-hmm. from one place to the next. That would really work, and you could even build in some some thrills into that as well. If you're just in the back of a taxi with your friend going to the next attraction and then, you know, the bridge blows up or whatever and you go through like a corkscrew and I don't know, you land on the back of a garbage truck or what do they call those barge kind of thing. And you get driven to your destination anyway. So yeah, there's snowmobiles start launching out of the (laughs) snow at you. I love it. Oh man. Uh, yeah, well I think that 
is a pretty exciting, super action-heavy theme park that I would love to go Adrenaline to. Adrenaline-fueled park. Yeah, people are going to want to buy all the Coca-Cola and Corona they can get because they'll be worn out and so like excited and jittery about all the action that's taking place and all the double-crossing that you would have never expected. Try. Too fast. Nick Robes, always a pleasure uh, to have you on That's the air or, or just as a friend. You know, you're just a good dude. You're my main man. <laughs> I'm going to start using that more often. Uh, but thanks for being on, man. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I had so much fun uh, just talking about Fast and Furious. But, like, in addition, getting to, like, in a small way, like, get to experience being there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Thinking? Yeah, that's true. We And hopefully the listener gets to come along with us on that journey of, man, what if that was real? It's it's a fun, fun concept. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if an audience member had never seen a single F, Oh crap! F and F. I guess I was gonna say T F A T F. Um, film. Which one might you recommend they start with? I I would start with five and just know that it gets crazier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then go back and watch the other ones. Uh, you can watch the other ones just for to be a completist. And they fit together in a strange order, right? As far as the yes. overall. So one is the first one, and then it goes two, four. Five, and then six, and then Tokyo Drift. Which, because Tokyo Drift has a different main character, but they do the story connects again at some point, right? The the car explosion is like a crossing well, plot line yeah, point. So one of the characters that was in Tokyo Drift, spoiler alert, I won't say which character, but or dies in Tokyo Drift. They liked that character so much that they wanted him to be in more of the movies. So they just made the other movies a prequel. That's incredible. I mean, it works too and it kind of fits into that. We're just we're playing with our action figures here like don't worry about the we'll yeah. make it fit. We'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Who cares? That's awesome. Uh but so yeah, so then uh uh Six ends the prequel dumb, okay. and then seven takes up after Tokyo Drift. Awesome. Okay, so that's not as complicated as I thought it was, but that that does make sense too. I'm excited to just to continue the series. I I know it's not uh, they're not going to be showing up in award season or anything, but I know they're they're pretty fun movies. Oh my gosh! I mean there there is there there are so many scenes in seven where I was uh like the first time I watched it not optimal viewing i was just watching it on an ipad while cooking dinner and like i almost burned things so many times because i was just laughing maniacally just at what i was watching that's a great point and you can even appreciate it as more of an intellectual person you don't have to be totally taking this movie at its level you know you can look at it from a more analytical or critical perspective and it's still really entertaining for how ridiculous and over the top everything is yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. i mean they, they they've cracked some weird formula that i still can't <laughs> comprehend like i don't know how they've been able to like fit these moving parts together in a way that like it isn't sharknado right or you know any of these other franchises that are just kind of like purposefully bad mm-hmm but like in a fun way, like somehow they've also like upped the ante. <laughs> yeah, they like threaded the needle. Their their car launched through the 130th floor, you know, gap. Yep. <laughs> no problem. Yep. Unscathed. <laughs> How did they do it, man? Rode the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, cool. Um, if anyone out there hasn't listened to What's with You, Scooby Doo, check it out, please, in your podcast app this instant. Yeah. Also, uh, you can also check out uh, my buddy Connor's podcast that I am uh, helping him with that is called Less Rock, More Talk, where my uh, my good friend uh, voted Maine's funniest comedian three years in a row, I think, or at least three years. Wow. Uh, Connor McGrath uh, 
takes a look at the mainstream Billboard rock charts from a week in history from its inception in 1981 to uh, basically the end of when the Billboard rock charts were uh, relevant in about 2012. Uh, wow. So everyone is just a shot at uh, a week, just running down the list and seeing what was popular that week. That sounds incredible. I've been super into the uh, Billboard chart history recently. So that sounds like an awesome podcast. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And the the specificity of the mainstream rock chart in general is just, it's it's wild because the the evolution of what is considered rock yeah. over uh that stretch of time is it's alarming some of the things that you could consider sh- as showing up together <laughs> that's amazing and viewing it as a look back in history is really interesting as a time capsule and like mm. you know the differences between uh what was considered an a side or what was considered a single or you know all that kind of stuff but also what music was was released around then like i don't know it's such a it's a magical thing i'm excited to check out this podcast it sounds really cool less, less rock, rock more, talk. more talk all right that was a blast that was really fun yeah. like i'm like i have adrenaline right now just thinking about <laughs> <Yes>. it <laughs> right i'm like i don't know how coherent i am right now because i'm kind of in the moment like <laughs> i don't know i feel like i just want to high five you know what i mean yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>